Hello, it's just gone two o'clock in London, three o'clock in Berlin, nine o'clock in New York, and eight o'clock in Chicago. I've got a pile of records to my right-hand side, and it's my mission to get the world fit, healthy, and running. But we're going to do it with a smile on our face and have a right old laugh at the same time. Are you ready? Let's get our seatbelts on. Buckle up. On your marks. Get set. Go. I want to know, what are your top healthy lunches for runners? You know the email by now. Darren at yahoo.com. That's Cochran. C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E. Darren at yahoo.com. Or get in touch via the Radio Lumini Facebook page. Go on. I dare you.
Michael from Aldershot has emailed in. Great show. I even got my wife listening last week. It would be great if you could do Plankety Plank in Aldershot. Well, Michael, stay tuned to the end of the show because I've got some Plankety Plank news. Fred from Uckfield. Lunch is always the most tricky of meals for me, so I'm glad you're doing a show about them. You're welcome, Fred. And Alicia from Cornwall. For my lunch, I usually have a salad with kale, spinach, cucumber, fruit, chickpeas, sweet potato and quinoa. I also have a beet smoothie on the side. You cannot be serious! Okay, numbnuts. Rob from Sunderland. Avocado split in half with cottage cheese in the middle with salt, pepper and olive oil. Very good post-run. James from Birmingham. I'm in love with seitan, broccoli, green beans and artichokes dressed with some soy sauce. It is incredibly good. Every time you come around, you know I can't say no Every time the sun goes down, I let you take control Nice and 
swearing this will be the last, but it probably won't. I got nothing left to lose or use or do my bad habits lead to and bad habits. So, I was around the boss's house last night for a production meeting and she's telling me how well the show is doing and people are listening in Germany and Sri Lanka, etc, etc and everything is good with the world, etc, etc. Anyway, I notice three things. The first thing I notice is Radio Illumini is playing in the background. Of course, why not? The second thing I notice is Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones is playing. Wow, I absolutely love that song. Wild Horses. I make a mental note to put it on the playlist and that will be in a show or two's time. I thought, hmm, I'm definitely going to play that. Anyway, the third thing I noticed is the jock on at the time is swearing like an absolute trooper. And I thought, hmm... Is that allowed? And she said, well, we are an independent digital radio station and we have the creative freedom to do what we want. Hmm, I thought, that's interesting. Do what we want. Hmm. So here's my dilemma. I don't want to sell out because I don't actually curse much in real life. But it did get me thinking. I thought, what are the curse words that people don't use anymore? So I've done a bit of research. And did you know, great horn spoon used to be a curse word? Yeah, apparently that's something you can swear by used in a way similar to by God. It seems to have come from seafaring slang and might refer to the Big Dipper. I was thinking... Big Dipper? What's the Big Dipper? I mean, you've got the big one in Blackpool, haven't you? Can you imagine being at the top of the big one, about to do a vertical drop and saying, Great Horn Spoon? I think I'll be saying more than that. And snails, that's another one. Now, I know a lot of you gardeners, you swear about snails, but snails in its own right used to be a swear word. And that's a shortening of by God's nails. And this kind of shortening also gave us gradzooks, God's hooks, and struth. God's truth. Now, I know struth is uh, still used in Australia, isn't it? Uh, struth, brew someone's pimpy Vegemite, mate. But, I mean, but this got me thinking even more. Now, the word nincompoop. Now, if there is a funnier word in the English dictionary, I don't want to know. Nincompoop. That's got to be the funniest word in the world, isn't it? And I haven't heard it for absolutely years. So here's what we're going to do. The very next person you speak to, whether it's a policeman, someone at the bar, your mum, your boss, I want you to drop the word nincompoop 
into the conversation and just watch the reaction on the other person's face okay for example you know you could go route one or you could be more sneaky so if a policeman stops you for speeding you can say oh sorry officer i feel like such a nincompoop or you're at the bar and uh you're talking about the tory leadership and you can say that richie sunak he's a bit of a nincompoop isn't he and just watch the person's reaction just watch the facial expression or uh, you know uh, Johnny have you done your homework yet oh mum stop being such a nincompoop I mean can you imagine at the football tomorrow 40,000 fans saying the referee's a nincompoop the referee's a nincompoop so get on your email and uh, email me in your nincompoop stories still to come smoothie of the week thank you Marshall part two of the she Robertson interview and a double dose of Oasis. I'm Darren Cochran, this is Radio Illumini and this is Roachford.
good and cuddly toy. I haven't heard that for absolutely ages. It reminds me of Otley College, Sikra 1989. And there was a girl there called Linda King. Linda spelt with a Y. And I absolutely fancied her. <gasps> Moving on, David from Swansea. Great show. Could you make another one with snacks? Snacks between meals is where I struggle the most to find some easy and nutritional options. I'll see what I can do, David. Danny, Danny, you haven't put where you're from. Great stuff, Darren. I feel guilty listening to this after eating 2,500 calories at five guys. P.S. That avocado split you read out sounds amazing. Jill from Tewksbury. I always add Marmite to my beans on toast. Sounds weird, but it's lovely. Now, the thing is, Jill, with Marmite, I've always hated Marmite. But a couple of Christmases ago, I started putting Marmite in my gravy. And it's amazing. I mean, you only need a little bit and you get so much flavour. Zach from Seaford. How random is this? I'm playing an online video game whilst listening to your show in the background and one of the players just called me a nincompoop. <laughs> really? That's really random, isn't it, Zach? Marco. Hi, Darren. I'm listening to your show from Germany and I'm laughing at the way nincompoop sounds. P.S. Can you tell me any more funny words? Oh, Marco, if you think I'm going to tittle-tattle about my artsy-fartsy, hoity-toity, wishy-washy, chunky-monkey friend, you've got another thing coming. I want a double dose of Oasis. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out I'm sure you've heard it all before, but you never really had a doubt. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. And all the roads we have to walk are winding. And all the lights that lead us there are blinding. There are many things that I Throw it back to you By 
should have somehow realized what you're not to do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now And all the roads that lead you there were winding And all the lights that light the way are blinding listening to Dan Cochran on Radio Illuminate. Sing the blues 
listening to the One More Mile Show with me, Darren Cochran, and coming up on this station today at three o'clock, Martin V Vintage Disco and Dance. At four o'clock, Debs Schachter, Quantum High No Therapist with Angela Lapatina. At five o'clock, Extended Soul Mix Friday with Kevin Turner. At seven o'clock, Ready for the Weekend, Lee Everest. At eight o'clock, it's Dara Kusha deep radio show and at nine o'clock it's everybody's favorite dj luke is in the mix now it's time for thank you marshall yes the part of the show where we go somewhere in the world to review a park run and today where's it gonna be it's brandon country park berry road brandon and the postcode is IP270SU. I repeat, IP270SU. There has been 425 events. The average finishes per week is 91.9. The average finish time is 30 minutes and 6 seconds. The female record is held by Claire Hellesey, 17 minutes and 58 seconds. And the male record is held by Adam Hill. 15 minutes and 5 seconds. There has been 499 volunteers and there has been 5,960 PBs. Course is a two lap course. From the start, follow the red route through a nice section of woodland trails and canopy of mixed forest. The next section is a more open one, following the small power lines with the forest on the left. At the first junction, a five way one, take the third exit, leaving the red route but still following the power lines. Forest is on both sides. After a dog leg left, take the second left junction. This is a slight uphill but sandy in places with a view of the white nursing home straight in front of you. With forest on both sides, halfway along the red route rejoins our course from the left. As you hit the gravel path, turn right with nice mature forest on either side. Soon the mausoleum will come into view on the left hand side. Before you reach the mausoleum, turn left onto a track and then turn left again. This track leads you up to the lake where you turn left. Follow this path all the way to circumnavigate the lake. On the first lap, pass by the turn for the finish area and continue on this path to the top lawn. Take a wide berth around the tree and bench before rejoining the path. Then take a left hand turn back towards the lake. Take the signed path to your right. This will lead you into a lowered canopy of mature trees. The course then zigzags left and right before you rejoin the path leading to the outside edge of the walled garden. Keep the walled garden on your right shoulder and then take a right turn followed by a left hand turn towards the children's playground. Go past the playground and follow the path, which will lead you back just after the starting area. On the second lap, turn right at the T-junction and then take the immediate left-hand turn into the forest. Keep left 
at the end of the track as it joins the route for the first lap. For the second lap, you can now follow the same route. When you arrive at the lake, this time ignore the path leading up to the top lawn and turn left onto the middle lawn. This is the finish area at the end of the second lap. As a footnote, the walled garden is well worth a visit after your run. And that concludes this week's edition of... Thank you, Marshall. Oh, look who's joined us. Hi, Lily. Hi. Hi, Lily. So on the show today, we're talking about funny words. And um, when I was a kid, there was a show on the TV called The Dukes of Hazard, And one of the characters in The Dukes of Hazard was called Train, And I always thought it would be absolutely hilarious to say Train, you nincompoop. You're not impressed, are you, Lily? No. You're not impressed at all. So, uh, do you have a smoothie for us today? Yep. We have a peach and blueberry smoothie. Wow, that sounds amazing. What's in that then, Lily? There's one cup of almond milk and four slices of fresh peach, a quarter cup of blueberries, a handful of kale and a quarter a teaspoon of cinnamon. Let's put it in the blender. Let's have a taste test. Oh, wow. It tastes delicious, doesn't it? Yeah. Shall we celebrate with a song? Yeah. What song should we play this week? Timber. Done. Club jumping like LeBron now. Bowling, order me another round. Homie, we about to clown. 
and Timber. So, last week I was joined in conversation by Sheila Robinson and we discussed how she transitioned from just running around the park with her buddies to entering the London Marathon. In part two of the interview with Sheila, I find out what happened after the London Marathon and how she went about setting up Junior Park Run and how she fared running the gruelling Race to the Stones. Cue the interview. So, right, you've done your training. The day of the London Marathon, how did you fare in that? Um, yeah, it went really, really well. Um, I, I mean, I can remember... I can remember having really bad knee pain actually with 10 miles to go, um, but it took a couple of paracetamol and um, and just gritted my teeth really and just kept going. Saw my family a couple of times, <laughs> um, saw all the sights and and even when it hurt, it was just such an amazing event to be in and yeah, I loved it. And it started hurting about 15, 16 miles in, you'd say. Yeah, sixteen miles in. Oh, so that's when you that's when you hit the wall. Um, I I wouldn't call it a wall, but it was it was the point where I thought this there's quite a long way to go, and I've I'm going to have to just you know I've waited years for this. I'm just gonna I'm I am going to finish. Oh. And what time did you do? May I ask? Um, I think it was four eighteen fifty five. That's good, isn't it? I'd be, wow, I'd be happy with that. Well, because we had that on the fridge, so they gave us a little um, magnetic fridge magnet that you could peel off the stickers and for your time. So I'm pretty sure that was the time. Okay, wow. Um, okay, so you've run the London Marathon. What's next? Um, before I ran the London Marathon, one of my friends, who's still my friend, she she entered Brighton Marathon for the following year, and. It it seemed like a good reason that we could take the pressure off in terms of time for London if we knew that next year we could really train for the time. So, yeah, so somehow I entered Brighton Marathon the following year. Wow. So, I mean, it seems to me that 10K, half marathon, now, now it's all about the marathons now, London Marathon, Brighton. So you went to the Brighton Marathon just the once? No, I I did have a year off and then I did two more, but the the half marathons, half, I, I did the Brighton half marathon quite often as well and other half marathons, maybe Barnes Green again. Um, but in some ways they become, yeah, you do become marathon focused. So your half marathons become part of your marathon training. Okay. Okay. Wow. So really, I mean, at this stage, so so you've done two or three Brighton marathons. You've done your London marathon. So what are we looking at now, 2014, 2015? Um, marathon years were 2012, 13, 15, 16. So, yeah, we've got 2016. Wow, okay. So, so then what next then, Sheila, after 2016? I mean, surely you're not going to go any further than marathons, are you? Well, you know that I do. So, um, <laughs> so 2016, I attended a talk by um, Susie Chan, who's a well-known um, runner on social media, um, who happens to be the cousin of um, my friend Sam Ridley, who is part of St. Francis Runners and Haverty Parriers that I'm also a member of. Um, 
So she came along and did a talk at Haverteeth Harriers about her her journey with running and ultra running in particular. Um, and she basically made it sound something that people, normal people could do. And that got me thinking, maybe could I do that? Could I do something longer? You're not a person to say no, are you, Sheila? I mean, if someone throws down a challenge to you, you're going to take it, aren't you? Within reason, not not everything. <laughs> so, ask a silly question, but did you enter the ultra marathon? Um, yes, and I think because I because I'd put a Facebook post or something, then suddenly I was seeing the adverts for ultra marathons, and I think it was the evening of the talk. Up popped on a Facebook ad, um, or something came up for the Gower 50 which is organised by an organisation called Run, Walk, Crawl. And the whole idea that you could crawl, you know, that you could do this at whatever pace yes, was yeah. really appealing. Okay. And I take it the Gower, that's 50 miles running? Yep, 50 miles. Wow. So I want to get a bit technical now. So how do you tra- how do you train for an ultra as opposed to a marathon I mean, do you like do you literally double up everything or if anyone's listening to this, and I think, wow, I fancied ultra. But I mean, you don't see many training plans for ultra marathons. What would your advice be? Um, I, I don't the the plans when I do follow a plan, the plans I follow don't tend to be that much more in terms of your long run for an ultra marathon. But maybe you kind of increase your midweek runs a bit and run a bit more during the week. So um, if I was training for an ultra, I would tend to run up to, well, four or five times a week. And your long run at the weekend is kind of like you're running on Saturday. So maybe doing park run and, you know, a bit of a run there and back or something. And then on Sunday doing a long run, but not worrying about the speed. Okay, so so an easy run, a conversational pace. Yeah, definitely easy run. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you do a bit of walking, that's absolutely fine. Okay. So despite all this going on, so obviously you're transitioned up to ultra marathons now. At the same time, you set up um, Park Run Junius for Haywards Heath. Um, How do you go about setting up a Park Run for Junius? Um, So our local Park Run here is Clare Park Run in Haywards Heath. And um, there was a guy there, one of the event directors, Neil, kept saying, we need a junior park run in Haywards Heath. So junior park runs were popping up around the country and there was nothing um, locally here. The nearest one was potentially going to be Brighton, which was also starting up. Um, And I just finished um, a master's and I thought, okay, this sounds like maybe it's meant to be me. Um, And I sort of put out a message saying is anyone interested in helping set this up and we got a team together really quick who most of that team are still um well I think all of them actually are still in the team now okay okay so uh, okay so you set up the um the Hayward Chief Junior Park Run what kind of numbers turned up for the first time Oh, I can't remember the first week because we had a practice run as well where we had like a lot of our kids came along. But I think the first week we had about maybe we had 40 or 50 ch- kids came along. That's that's more than what I thought for the first one. And uh, what kind of age were the children? 
Um, so Junior Park Run is for anyone between four and 14 inclusive. So up until the day before a 15th birthday. Okay. Um, I might sound a bit naive now, but this is a genuine question. Do, do the kids run on their own or do they run with the parents? Um, so at Junior Park Run, they can run on their own, but because they're, you know, fully marshaled all the way round, we're, we've got sight of the children um, all the way round the park. And but parents are welcome to run with them. But the one criteria is that they don't cross the finish line with the children. So they sort of move to the side, let the kids go across the finish line and then they can pick them up at the end of the finish funnel. Because you're still going to get some competitive parents, aren't you? Yeah, it, it is a thing that we have to keep an eye out for to make sure the parents aren't getting a bit too pushy. But um but yeah, we have also we have some parents who are running occasionally on their own saying, I just can't keep up with the kids. You know, they've they've gone, but they were planning to run the 2K as well. So, OK, so if any parents are listening to this and then they want their little Johnny or little Mary um, coming to Junior Park Run, um, so they register online. Yeah, so you register exactly the same way as an adult would register for Park Run for the children. Make sure you put in the right date of birth. You basically look if you Google um, Park Run, you'll find the on the home screen, you know, register for Park Run and each child, each adult needs their registration. But for Junior Park Run, the adult wouldn't need to register. So you register. Um, you can print off a barcode or download the barcode now because we can scan from phones. Um, and you, you know, have a look at your local park, junior park run or park run and, um, check it's on the week you're coming along. And then you turn up, if you turn up sort of quarter to 10 to nine on a Saturday or Sunday, then there'll be a first timers briefing. Um, and that's it really. Yeah, yeah, pretty straightforward, isn't it? And um, okay, right. So we've done, we've done the junior park run. Now, what's this I hear? about this crazy race to the stones um so 80 80 kilometers you run or was 80 miles can you just talk a little bit about race to the stones um so race to the stones i did this year is 100 kilometers 100 kilometers oh my gosh okay <laughs> okay so how do you go about training for a 100 kilometer race um, well, it really depends how busy I am, which I'm, I must admit this year I didn't train the best for um, Race to the Stones. But, you know, I, just trying to get out um, on the long runs and sort of building up the mileage slowly, um, you know, doing the I go along to Hayward Heath Harriers on a Tuesday evening um, to do a track session, try and get out on Thursday and then park run Saturday and a longer run Sunday. That's generally right. the backbone of my training. Okay, okay. Now, for, for, for someone who's never done an ultra marathon or race to the stones before, how, apart from the distance, how does that differ from a, a, uh, a marathon? I guess with a half marathon or marathon, you're more focused on time, but I guess it's a different mindset for an ultra marathon. Yeah, it, it is a different mindset. For the majority of people, there really isn't a big focus on time. The The only focus on time might be the cutoffs. So um, most ultramarathons will have cutoff times, but race to the stones, race to the king, 
race to the tower all those kind of races are really generous cutoffs so they're really good for beginners um and there's a a load of support from aid stations um yeah so it's much more about where are you going to be running what you know the scenery and chatting to people along the way um what kind of food they're going to give you at the aid stations Uh. and that kind of mentality so definitely less focus on times yeah. Aid stations. Um, how far is each aid station apart from one another? Um, I think they were about 10k apart or maybe a bit. Yeah, maybe a little less. I think there was sort of seven or eight aid stations on that one. OK, OK. Right, Sheila. On the programme today, we're talking about recovery. Um, have you got any recovery trips? So you've just done a half marathon or marathon or ultra or you just had a, a very, very long training session. What's your advice regarding recovery? Um, I think you've just got to kind of cut yourself some slack and just take it easy. And, you know, and, and often building up to a race, it's quite um, it, it's more mental you know it's quite mentally challenging so having a bit of downtime not worrying about getting out you know for your if you miss a few runs and you don't get out on your first day or you know just taking it easy at park run and just going for a walk with the family instead of a long run at the weekend yeah using your common sense really isn't it when you say yeah i think so yeah yeah okay right i've got some quick fire questions for you now sheila are you up for it okay your pre-race breakfast um porridge and banana nice choice uh your favorite shoe brand um brooks um your worst running injury um uh, ankle sprained ankles ouch uh your best running advice um enjoy it yeah, nice advice. Yeah, because a lot of people do take it seriously, don't they? You've got to, you've got to enjoy it. And finally, your oh, this I'll, I'll be interested in this one. Your favourite running distance? Um, fifty miles. <laughs> oh, there's that all. Okay, okay. <gasps> What's next for you then, Sheila? So you've done race to the stones. You got any races booked up? Um, I have. I've got. I'm taking part with a team in the Gurkha Challenge in September. Um, across the South Downs and to Brighton Racecourse. So there's four of us doing that together. But we're going to be walking the whole of that. So which is a challenge in itself. That would be quite hard. Okay. And uh, wow. And how far is that? That's 100k again. But um, it will be because we're walking, it will be a long time on our feet. And then next year, I'm hoping to do the four, four Centurion 50 mile races as part of the slam. So, so what? So, four fifty-mile races in a year. Yes. Well, how good was Sheila? There is no stopping this girl. Now, let me mark your card for you. Radio Illumini has joined forces with the Retreat Animal Rescue Farm Sanctuary and Cafe to throw our very first summer fundraising music festival. Great music, informative talks, tasty food, bouncy disco and slide kids creative corner and lots lots more it takes place this saturday and sunday the third and fourth of september now a weekend ticket will cost you 20 pounds the saturday ticket is 12 pounds and the sunday ticket is eight pounds 
all the proceeds will go to the animals. The address is The Retreat Animal Rescue, Brickyard Farm, Cripple Hill, Kent, TN263LJ. Let me give you that postcode again, TN263LJ. Now, if you'd like to purchase a ticket, you can go to www.radio-illumini.com forward slash summer hyphen charity hyphen festival that's www.radio-illumini.com forward slash summer hyphen charity hyphen festival or you can get tickets on the day at the gate now a lot of you have been asking me about plankety plank now here's the deal on sunday at four o'clock if you're at the kids creative corner and you're wearing orange and you're doing jumping jacks then you qualify for plankety plank yes so let me repeat you must be wearing orange you must be doing jumping jacks be at the kids creative corner at four o'clock and you can be in next week's plankety plank okay let's wrap up with the final few emails rachel from new zealand wow hey darren Thank you so much for your show. I find it so useful and it's definitely helping me gradually become a better runner. I am trying to become increasingly vegan, but I'm always faced with the same issue, my protein intake. I eat tofu, nuts, vegan protein powder. Do you have any other ideas? Thanks in advance and keep on being an awesome man. (laughs) that's very nice of you Rachel well Rachel it's great to hear that you're trying to become increasingly vegan within your diet protein is often what most people worry about when making the switch for a little while it was certainly on my mind when I became vegan but I soon realized protein intake is not really worth worrying about as long as you are eating enough food to be satisfied each day and not going to bed hungry then it's unlikely that you aren't hitting your daily protein intake oats are an excellent source of protein as is beans lentils seeds even fruit has protein Bruno from Malaysia. Great stuff. I would love to see more on possible 5k training. Okay, Bruno, I'll make a note of that. So the only thing left to do is give you my healthy running lunch. It's a falafel wrap. I will heat the falafels in the oven for for about 10 minutes. While the falafels are heating, I'll prepare the salad. I'll chop up a cucumber add a handful of tomatoes, cut them in half, add a bag of spinach and small packets of olives and some pre-cooked rice grains. Dress the salad with extra virgin olive oil and balsamic glaze. When you get out the falafels, keep the oven on and put in your wrap for 30 seconds to warm up. After 30 seconds, spread hummus on the wrap, then layer it with the salad, then a couple of falafels, cut it in half, and finally squirt some mayonnaise on top and fold it up. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. That's just about it for this week. Remember, tell all your friends where the fun is, two to three every Friday. Okay, keep it Radio Illumini, and remember, you've got this. Thank <laughs> you.
Radio Illuminae, raising vibrations to help heal nations. Our gardens can be magical places, particularly at this time of year when we see life springing up everywhere. Let's all pledge to do our bit and help nature thrive. Visit gardenguardians.org where you can find out more about caring for wildlife. Garden Guardians, creating a haven in our own backyard.